0: Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts and ideas and hopefully some inspiration on how to build more adventure into your everyday life. So it is a real pleasure today to welcome Frankie Dewar to the podcast. I think this is the first time that I've actually had a guest on the podcast mid-adventure rather than having completed it. So this is a first for me, but it's also super exciting to be able to speak to Frankie right in the middle of of what she's doing. So Frankie is currently cycling 3000 kilometres around the UK with the aim of talking to women who are older than herself about adventure and the outdoors and what that means to them. When I first came across what Frankie was doing on Instagram, on social media, I just thought it sounded so amazing. And I can only imagine the the incredible conversation she's having with people. I sort of just wanted to go along just to join the conversations. It sounded brilliant. So I wanted to reach out to Frankie and also see, to talk about what she's doing, what motivated her to take on this challenge. But also I thought it would be quite an interesting opportunity in a way to turn the spotlight back on Frankie because actually while she's speaking to other women, what she's doing is absolutely incredible. And so I really wanted to find out more about it. So Frankie, it's an absolute pleasure. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, no. It's, it, like I said, it's amazing. I'm so glad. We, it's taken quite a while the <laughs> sort of back and forth messages trying to get this because I know, like I said, you're right in the middle of all of this. So I'm so grateful for you taking time out. You must be absolutely shattered <laughs> if nothing else. My first question really, and it's as I alluded to, I'd love to know what, what's motivated you to take on this challenge to cycle such a long distance and go and speak to so many women and find out what they're doing.
1: There's definitely a short answer and a long answer to this question. But I'm (laughs) going to go in and I'm going to give you the full long answer. Awesome. I had wanted to do a cycle trip for quite a while and really started seeing other people doing them and noticing different trips you could do sort of last summer. And at the time, I was climbing really hard. And climbing is one of those sports that when you do it, If you do it a lot and then you take a break, it's like you never did it a lot at all. You lose all the training that you had. And so I didn't want to take a break from climbing to go on a cycle trip. And then last July, the end of last July, I broke my ankle. And so that was the end of all my climbing training. And it also meant I'm not really allowed to run anymore. But it did mean that I could still cycle even when my ankle was recovering and it kind of meant that the opportunity to do a cycle trip would maybe be a little bit closer originally I thought about going from Bilbao in Spain to Barcelona and so going across the top of northern Spain which if I had have done that it would have been a lot warmer a lot drier (laughs) and I would have been finished by now (laughs) if I could have cycled there and cycled back by now But with lockdown happening, I didn't think now would be the right time to travel to Spain and to travel through all those rural communities that I would visit along the way. When lockdown happened, I kind of thought that maybe I would need to start postponing the trip, you know, to next year or the year after. And that's not something I wanted to do. You know, it's one of those where if you put it off for too long, sometimes Mm -hmm. you just don't end up doing it. And so I thought, why don't, instead of cycling across Spain why don't I cycle across England? And originally this trip, I thought of just cycling from one climbing area to another and photographing women climbers. And I thought I could do a similar thing in the UK. And then it was during lockdown. Now, lockdown for us is a really interesting situation. When lockdown first happened, we were living in a van. And obviously that wasn't something that was sustainable to carry on doing. So then we put a shout out and asked if anyone had a house that we could stay in. Mm. And some friends of ours were really, really generous and lent us this house, which is amazing. And I'm so grateful. But also it made me really question what I was doing and whether, you know, chasing adventure and living in a van and climbing and working freelance and not working all the time, whether those were the right things to be doing. And as I was sort of like questioning this lifestyle and questioning whether this was the right thing to do, I just wished that there was someone else who was older than me, who'd already done it, who I could go to and just say like, what do I do? Is this right? What did you do? And I thought that maybe if I feel this way, maybe other people do too. So maybe rather than just talking to climbers, maybe I should talk to women who are older than me you are outdoorsy, you are adventurous, and, you know, ask them about how they feel, Do they ever feel like they're going against the grain, you know, what drives them in life. I thought about it for quite a long time before sharing the message with anybody. And I didn't really know if it would resonate with people. So I decided eventually to post it on Facebook and I post it on a Facebook group. And I told myself that if I just got six women putting themselves forward, I would just go and visit those six women and that would be my trip. I sort of typed out this message and then closed down the computer and went back to it three hours later and there were over 150 comments.
0: Oh my gosh, that's incredible.
1: (laughs) I know, literally. I still, it was amazing at the time and I still get goosebumps now. Since then, every time I talk about it, I get more people saying, oh, you can come and talk to me. Oh, why don't you go talk to this person? Why don't you go talk to my gran? I've got a map that's got over 200 pins in it of different people in the UK, all with different stories. So the 3,000 kilometre loop kind of just came about by me sitting down and looking at this map full of pins and working out the way that I could get the most Pins in some sort of logical
0: way. Gosh, that's amazing. And like you said, I mean, to get such a response so quickly as well, I mean, it just shows that what you're doing or what you're asking in a way has sort of tapped into something and resonates so much and maybe that actually asking people for their stories and asking older women for their stories maybe that's something that doesn't happen that much to get that sort of response I don't know what I mean what were the sort of thoughts that went through your mind and I suppose having spoken to a few people now as well I mean are those the sort of responses you're getting what are reasons people giving you for having responded so quickly A
1: lot of people have just said that it sounded interesting. A lot of people have said that if they'd done it when they were younger, if their daughter had done it, they'd want other people to support them or to support Mm. their daughter. There's one woman who really sticks out in my mind, and she said that she really felt heard and she really felt listened to. She said that sort of middle-aged women, that for her she felt that middle-aged women were sometimes forgotten, sometimes invisible, sometimes not seen. And that it almost felt like I had directly messaged her and said, I want to hear your story and I'm really interested in you. And to hear someone say that, and for that to be completely true, like I did want to hear her story. I am so interested in her and all the other incredible people I've spoken to it's just really
0: powerful. That is that is so powerful, isn't it? Just to be able to say, actually, I I want to hear it. I want to listen. And it's so true that actually, I know that it's so common with, you know, certainly people I speak to, and certainly something that I'm starting to experience myself, actually, that as you get older, and it's something I talk about quite a lot in terms of role modelling and what the media portrays in terms of adventure, that these are young Gorgeous people, which is lovely to look at. I've got nothing against very young, gorgeous people, but that actually, when you stop seeing yourself reflected in those images and that narrative, you do start. Even if it's something you've done your whole life, you automatically start to question: going Is this something that I can carry on doing, or should be carrying on doing as I, you know, enter middle age and and beyond? So, yeah, I mean, I think there probably is something very deep that you've touched on in terms of just asking the question. So quite an immense undertaking. I mean, 3,000 kilometres on a bike is, for anyone, that's huge. I mean, what are the sort of challenges you've encountered up to this point?
1: I would say, do you know, physically, I don't think it's been as hard as I was expecting it to be. I planned out my route so that I'd cycle roughly 60 kilometres a day. And although that sounds like an awful lot, I've got nothing else to do with my day. So... (laughs) Cycling 60 kilometers, you know, I do it really slowly. I stop for snacks. I take photos. The physical side of it is generally quite easy. I think what I hadn't anticipated is how tiring it would be. So I cycle my 60 kilometers and then I'm physically tired. And then to do an interview that takes maybe an hour or an hour and a half, it then means I'm mentally exhausted. You know, then sometimes I'll speak to two or three people in a day and then I'm just completely done for and also just the logistics of it I had this idea before I started that it would sound really cool to say that I did all my own logistics and that I did my logistics on the road I don't think it sounds cool and I don't think it sounds big and clever anymore it just (laughs) sounds really difficult
0: it does sound difficult yeah and I'm just amazed that, you know, hats off you for you even attempting it, I think. So if you had to make some changes then to your original plan as you've been going along, are there are things you've sort of adapted or changed?
1: So I planned out my route, not necessarily my route, but I planned out the people I was going to interview quite rigidly. So I knew that I roughly had enough time to visit all the people that I could and cycle all the distance that I could in the right amount of time. And for me, that was really difficult because I'm the sort of person that when I go away, I won't plan where I'm going. You know, I'll get up in the morning and I'll just drive somewhere and I won't even know where that somewhere will be. So to go from being, you know, free as a bed to all of a sudden having a strict plan that I have to follow was quite a jump. And then I sort of messaged people that I'm going to interview. I messaged everyone at the start to let them know, roughly when I'd come and see them and then I rested them about a week before to check if they're still available but you know obviously everybody's lives (laughs) people that I thought would be available on one day are available on a different day and I have to rejig my route put shout outs and add people in if I need to or work it out as I go
0: yeah I can imagine that actually that even if you've done all the planning up front that the reality and i guess especially at the moment, goodness, as if there's not much, it's not enough difficulty planning your day to day life when you're not moving around. I can imagine relying on you know other people's timetables too, that you've got this far and spoken to this many people is <laughs> is quite incredible, and I guess then leading on from that. I mean, I know that, you know, you set out with a specific goal in mind about what you want to do, but have there been things that have occurred as you've gone along this journey that, that you've just gone, oh, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. That's incredible. It's like an unexpected result or benefit of what you're doing.
1: Yes, definitely. I think I wanted to be really open and invite as many people to join me and cycle with me along the way as I could.
0: And I never really
1: set out with an intention of that being a thing, but just anytime anyone I knew with a bike messaged me, or anytime I was passing through someone's town and I knew they cycled, I'd message them and say, Yes, please come and join me. And actually, that's been really cool. I've had so many friends who I've not seen in ages join me and cycle with me, but also I've had. A lot of people who have maybe found themselves getting a little bit boxed in during lockdown. You know, I felt the same way, too, when lockdown first ended, that I'd been so used to not leaving my house Mm. that leaving my house felt really uncomfortable. And I think that's a shared feeling for a lot of people. And so then there were quite a few friends that joined me along the way, who for them, it was maybe their first bike ride after lockdown or they said they were struggling to get on the bike, but that this is a really good incentive to get going. And that thought that just me being there and cycling has encouraged someone else to get out and mm. cycle. Like, I think that's really powerful and I never expected that to happen.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? Just the sort of the knock on inspiration in a way that someone else has done it. And if you're connected with them in some way that it feel, it starts to feel possible as well. But yeah, it yeah. unlocks something. It also links with that sense of community that grows up around your, you've got your event and your adventure planned. There are a whole load of other people that become invested and part of it too. It sort of takes on a life of its own in a way.
1: Yeah, completely. And that's exactly how it feels, that there is just such a huge community there. And I just feel so honoured to be part of it.
0: Mm. I know. I mean, I know it's something we ta- we we touched on briefly. But when we spoke just before the podcast, and you said about what a privilege it was to to hear people's conversations, and I think that's something that I think comes through so much in actually what you're doing, but seeing as a conduit in a way for other people's stories, but it's also being interwoven with your own, I suppose as well. <laughs> So you've still got quite a bit of the journey to go, I know. I mean, how, how much longer do you think you're going to be on the road and doing this? Or is that a bit of a piece of string question at the moment?
1: Absolutely. So to give it a bit of context, I've been on the road now for 35 days. Gosh. I started in Shoreham by Sea near Brighton. I went down to Exeter, up to Bristol, popped into Wales, up to Liverpool, through the lakes. And now I'm in Glasgow. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: I've cycled 1,400-ish kilometres already. I am going to be heading across to Edinburgh and then hopefully, lockdown allowing, I'll be cycling down the east of England. I've got until around the start to the middle of November to do it. So originally, I planned myself about three months to do it in. Mm. So that would see me finishing the 15th of November and we'll just see how see it how goes it. till then.
0: Amazing and then what's the have you got plans then for once you get back obviously you have collected all these amazing stories had all these conversations what do you want to do with them is have you got further plans for them?
1: I do definitely so all the conversations that I'm having I'm recording I think they could make a really nice podcast series where I just collect the stories together I've asked All the interviewees roughly the same questions so you'll be able to hear lots of different answers and lots of different perspectives to the same sorts of questions. I've also been taking a photo of every interviewee on my grandmother's old film camera. I really hope they come out okay. Mm. It's hard to tell because they're on film so I don't know there's not a lot of leeway there but if they do come out okay I think there's the potential to maybe make like a nice book a nice sort of exhibition collection of photos maybe or maybe some sort of like online account to show those
0: oh wow that sounds wonderful and I guess part of the the journey with all of this as well is those ideas of how that could then be shared more widely once you get to the end of it and thinking what else can I do with it too
1: And I was just going to say as well, that we're also recording it as we go. So I'm really lucky that my girlfriend Frit is a filmmaker. And so we're filming different parts of the trip and hoping to put it together into a short
0: film to
1: document my journey and
0: some of the women's voices. So you've almost got this whole sort of, I don't know if it's multimedia, but lots of different ways in which you'll be able to share it too. So I guess I'm just wondering as a result of your experiences, what what's the sort of the one piece of advice you'd give anyone listening to this who thinks, you know, actually you've really inspired me to take an adventure of my own. How do I get started?
1: I would say from me that you just have to start. Sometimes you can't prepare completely. And if you wait until you're ready and you wait until you're fully prepared, you'll just be waiting forever. And that sometimes instead of trying to prepare for everything that could go wrong and prevent everything that could go wrong from going wrong, sometimes it's better to make a plan B. So Mm -hmm. you can't prepare for any eventuality, but if any eventuality did happen, then you know you've got your plan B that you can fall back on. So I... Did have undertook this trip with very little planning. I'd not cycled before lockdown. I didn't get my kit until a week before. I'd never <laughs> cycled with my panniers. I, you know, there was so much that wasn't ready. And it actually turned out that on day one, a bit of my bike did break and mm. I did have to stop. But, you know, I had a friend following along with a car that day in case anything did happen. Mm. And so I had my plan B. I would never have expected that bit of my bike to break. I would have expected a hundred other things to happen. And if I'd have planned for all of those, it still wouldn't have been enough. So sometimes it's best just to work out what you're going to do if things go wrong, rather than trying to stop things from going wrong.
0: That is amazing. That's such wonderful advice. Because I think that is it, isn't it? When, when people think of planning for an adventure, they're trying to, it's the risk risk prevention rather than in a way the risk management or sort of thinking okay things are going to go wrong because what I'm taking is new and I don't know you know it's not going to go according to plan because nothing ever does really there's always things that get in the way
1: definitely and I was going to say from lots of the women that I've spoken to you know I've asked them if they could give advice to their younger self and a lot of them say start sooner a lot of them say just get on with it and I also asked them, what's one thing that they know about themselves now that they wish they'd known sooner? And it's really interesting that so many people have given the same answer. So many of them have said that they wish they'd known they were enough. And I think that's so interesting because they say that they wish they'd known they were enough, even when things went wrong, even when they weren't doing it quite right, even when they were making mistakes. And that if they'd known that they were enough, maybe they would have done more and what could they have achieved. Yeah. And I just think that if so many women are saying that they wish they'd known they're enough, how many women are walking around right now that don't know that, that if they could know that, imagine what they could get started and imagine what they could do.
0: Mm, That is so true. And it's like you said, it's so common. And it's the thing that actually people feel that they need to keep most hidden a lot of the time. We spend so much of our lives walking around pretending that or feeling we have to pretend that we know what we're doing or that, you know, we've got it all sorted and, and, you know, having feeling we have to put on this facade to the world. But actually, you know, underneath it all, everyone's just going I don't know if this is enough or okay, or am I okay? And what I find really interesting as well is I think that's something that adventure and stepping out of your comfort zone gives you is that actually when you do put yourself into those uncertain situations, then it helps to prove to you that you can manage. And so it becomes a bit of a cycle in a way too. And I don't know if that's something that that you or, you know, the women you interviewed experience.
1: Completely. Every time you do something difficult that challenges you and then you overcome it it's like it gives you another brick that gets you a step higher and mm. then you can use that in your everyday life and then you push yourself out in your everyday life and then that gives you another brick that you can then take back into your into your outdoors world into your adventure whatever that may be
0: so it all increases as you keep going along that's amazing Frankie thank you so much if people want to find out to sort of follow your journey as you continue and find out what you've been doing where can they go to find you
1: the best place to find me is on Instagram at Frankie underscore Jewer, and you can find links to all my other places through there. I am also on Facebook at Frankie Jewa Cycles the UK, and on Twitter as Jewer Francesca.
0: Okay, well, everyone hopefully will go out and start following your journey if they're not already. And um, that's been absolutely brilliant. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you, and I wish you every success and bit of luck with your the rest of your journey. And I'll be keeping everything crossed that you know, coronavirus and COVID allows you to finish it too. And yeah, please do come back and speak to us once you've finished and and we can have another chat then.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for having me. It's been awesome.
0: Brilliant. All right, speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. It was really wonderful to chat to Frankie. Our episode was recorded a few weeks ago now. So I know she has made such immense progress since then and has now just arrived in London how she has kept going and with all the challenges i'm just in awe really i wanted to pick up on her point and, and something that we discussed around stories and about providing a platform for stories to be heard that often aren't and that that actually one of the the things that she had experienced that people were just so delighted to have the opportunity to tell their stories and so incredibly grateful that somebody is interested in listening to them too it was one of my motivations for setting up this podcast to try and find those stories. So some people obviously are more well known than others, but to really try and increase the range of voices that we hear from. I saw a question from another very well known uh, adventure a few weeks ago saying, you know, do you find that the same voices keep appearing on, uh, you know, an adventure podcast? And it got me thinking, I do like it and I'm surprised by what I hear. I love listening to Radio 4 because often I'll just dip in on a car journey and I'll listen something to random on a subject I know nothing about. And it feels like it expands my world. And I think that's what Frankie is doing in the end. She's expanding both her own knowledge, but also the range of voices that we get to hear from when it comes to talking about adventure or talking about just our own experiences as human beings and, and trying to manage the, the various challenges and, and navigate the journeys ourselves. So I'd love to know what you think about anything that came up. If you'd like to get in touch, as always, please do reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at resilience at work. Or you can find me via my website, which is resiliencework.co.uk. Otherwise, we'll be back here next week with another wonderful guest. And I look forward to speaking to you then. Bye.